When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Join Josh and Chuck, the guys who bring you Stuff You Should Know, as they take a trip around the world to help you get smarter in a topsy-turvy economy. Check out the all-new Super Stuff Guide to the Economy from HowStuffWorks.com, available now exclusively on iTunes. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Ben, and I'm hanging out here today with Scott. Hello. How's it going, Ben? It's going. It's going well, Scott. I guess we should uh, mention that you're the you're the auto editor, of course. Yeah, that's right. HowStuffWorks.com, and uh, I'm I'm the guy who does intros and asks you questions. <laughs> that's the way it works. Yeah, yeah. It works. I think it works well. So you're you're a family man. Obviously, correct, right? So when when you're being a family man and when you have a child and a spouse, you probably are going to get a sedan instead of a motorcycle. Correct, right? Okay. However, if it's if let's say it was just you, just the lone wolf, Scott Benjamin, out on, out out and weaving about in traffic, you know, maybe a sedan wouldn't work for you. Maybe you'd want something smaller. Maybe you would want a micro car. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I, I love small cars. I, I had small cars prior to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, had two seaters, really for a long, long time. Loved them. I think I'll get back into them as well when you know when I can have a, a second car. I'm not in a position right now to have one, but um, yeah, I want something with two seats. Well, you're you know you're you're addicted to speed, so yeah, two seater is historic. Two seater or one seater, or one seater, or one seater. Okay, for our listeners. Uh, Scott and I discussed this earlier. Um, Microcars. I I kind of I had heard of these. I 
think I had seen them in a film or something before, mm -hmm. but I had no idea how tiny these things are. They're really, really small, and in fact, they go to ridiculously small. Obviously, the name microcar kind of indicates the size you're talking about here, but this kind of car, I'll tell you, if, you, if you've ever seen a, a Smart for Two vehicle, you know, the new, um, right. that, that's the new version of the microcar. The older versions of microcars make the Smart for Two look huge. Make it look like an Escalade. They do. They make it look really big. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny, funny as that is to say, check a microcar out sometime or a bubble car. Mm -hmm. They call them bubble cars as well. Uh, some of them are. Take now, a look. Take a look at the vintage versions, and you'll you'll see just how tiny they were. Now, one question before we go further: Bubble are they bubble cars when they have that canopy? The, the cockpit looking? Correct, yeah. The, the reason they're called bubble cars is that a lot of them do have a canopy, a plastic material, um, you know, that's bent over the top. It looks just like a uh, like a jet fighter or something like that, or, you know, not maybe not as sleek as a jet jet fighter, mm -hmm. but some of them look like a fishbowl upside down. Um, huh. They're really cool cars. Uh, they're uh, um, interesting. I mean, and oftentimes that canopy will be how you get in the vehicle. You you open the canopy. Um, it lifts up like a like a canopy would on a on a jet fighter. That's you so, climb in. That's so weird. You know, it re also reminds me of uh, the Jetsons. Mm -hmm. You familiar with that? Yes. There's something about that canopy design. You know? Yeah, it's very. You know, there's one that looks really similar to that. I think it's a Peel Trident. Um, that car is th this example to the extreme. Mm -hmm. um, it. It's absolutely a glass bubble that you're sitting in. It's really an odd-looking car, strange plastic-looking thing, but it's called a Peel. It's, that's P-E-E-L, okay. Trident. And, uh, you know, take a look online and, and just get a photograph of one of these things. You'll, you'll love it. It's really cool. Yeah. Well, okay, when, when were these around? Because you said the smart car is kind of a mod modern version. Yeah, there's a few modern versions of, of, of microcars. We could talk about those in a little bit, but... Really, microcars have been around since, let's say, the 1940s to about the mid-1960s. And that's with an asterisk because some of the cars that we've talked about in the past, you know, the three-wheeled vehicles that we talked about? Yeah. Those yeah. were turn of the century, you know, early part of the 20th century. Those vehicles are really small enough and have some of the criteria to be a microcar, but they weren't really from that same era. So they're not called microcars. Does huh. that make sense? I mean, they're... they're Microcars are from the 40s to the 60s. That's generally the uh, the accepted era of microcars and bubble cars, and some of the earlier vehicles fall into that. But you know they're not called that for whatever reason. They just okay. they weren't called that from the beginning. Okay, I, I think I, I see the distinction. Yeah, there. yeah. So some of the Morgans and the three wheels we talked about it were yeah microcar esque. Microcar esque. Yeah. yeah. So except no imitations. We're here to talk about microcars. Yeah, right? that's right. So. so why were these things made back well, then? Well, it, it always comes down to how much money people have, and, and a lot of that comes back to taxes. Hmm. And a lot of these cars fall into different tax areas. Uh, you know, Maybe they're taxed as motorcycles rather than as cars. And that's kind of what uh, we talked about with three-wheel cars yeah, as well. Yeah, Do you remember that? Yes. And a lot of these microcars do, have, do, in fact, have three wheels, and they're very small. They may have an extremely small engine, let's say less than 700 cc. Some of them have as as small as a 49 cc engine. How did that? How does that move? <laughs> it very very slowly. I'll tell you because you know it's it's really the equivalent of like let's say a you know one of those little tiny little um, mopeds. Yeah. That type of engine is powering an entire car with a person in it. Um, so. You know, you can imagine that they're not speed demons by any chance. They're very economical. Mm -hmm. Again, I should say that you know the, the criteria for a microcar varies depending on who you talk who you talk to. You know okay. what what it is exactly. But um, a lot of these cars will get 
between 70 to 100 miles per gallon, which if you think about it, that's kind of about like what a motorcycle would get. So you're talking about a very small, yeah, somewhat efficient engine, mm-hmm. but um, it doesn't have a whole lot of extra weight to move other than your body. So, um, you know, they do get pretty good mileage. Yeah, and the people who would be driving these sounds like they're motivated by some price stuff yeah it's mostly price i mean you know for economic reasons and tax purposes um but it was also ne- um, necessity uh-huh. um, because the era that these come out of most i should say most of these microcars are german made or mm. french made vehicles that's not all of them but you know most of them are uh, i think there's some italian versions as well and you know a few different versions, even okay. even Japanese versions. The idea was, and this is this is right from there's a, a microcar website that we'll talk about in a moment here. This museum, and one of the things that he he mentioned is that the idea was really to this is a quote to mobilize the population under adverse conditions. Hmm. If you think about the era when those vehicles came about, that's the end of World War II. Yeah, and so you've got a city that's pretty much you know not every city, but a lot of cities that were in ruins. A lot of people that needed to get from here to there needed a small, very economical form of transportation. This fit the bill perfectly. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the companies, Measureschmidt, was a company that made airplanes. And Measureschmidt, I'll hope they get that name right. I know it. I think I did. Uh, Measureschmidt made automobiles for a significant period of time. And uh, they're very popular. And, in fact, I think this might be the one that you saw in a movie. You said that you have seen a microcar, right? From, yeah. Was it the uh, Adams Family, by chance? The cous- uh, the one Cousin It comes in? Correct. Yes. I That's think I, I, I was thinking of a different one when we started the show, but I do remember – uh, cousin, it's strange car. So that's an actual micro car. That was a measurement. Yeah, that's a micro car, and actually, it's a bubble, bubble car. car because it has that canopy design. Yeah, uh, he rides in. It's really encased in glass. The top of it. What cool, was the cool deal? Car. You know, I was always trying to figure out what was under that hair. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I never gave it much thought. I guess I, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, something that can buy an awesome car, apparently. Apparently, yeah, it was really cool. Man, and, uh, I I want one of these mm-hmm. bubble cars. Oh, I do too. I think I I love small cars. I really do. So um, this is perfect for me. Yeah. But the problem is they're not terribly safe, as you can imagine. You right. Know, you're right. driving a car that's 300 pounds, and maybe the top half is glass. Yeah, the top half is glass or plastic. Plastic. Of course, yeah. no airbags. Of course, no. Um, you know stability control of any kind they don't have any of the modern features that cars the cars have now oh and, and they're so light someone could push them they're extremely light yeah that's right you could someone could push you over someone <laughs> um imagine driving down the road next to a semi or a bus um terribly dangerous now yeah. i think you know we'll talk about this later but i think there's a situation where it might be okay well i i gotta tell you one other benefit of this aside from price and aside from the, the speed at which uh, a company could get people mobilized after after the war, um, there's definitely a space issue, too. In a lot of heavily urbanized areas uh, where it's difficult to park, I think that having this would be a big advantage. Oh, sure. We've talked about city cars and, um, you know, just the uh, the benefits of having a tiny car in the yeah, city. Yeah. Uh, many benefits. And I think, yeah, this, this definitely has, you know, some... It's a possibility, I guess, for for a city commuter. Um, again, you're talking about a tiny, tiny car, though something that you know would be hard to even see over even the smallest of cars that are out there right now. Um, 
So, yeah, it's possible, I guess. Before we go to modern versions mm -hmm. there, I think we should really, just just to give people a picture of how short these things are, let's say just in, in feet, how tall are they from the ground? Oh, they're roughly waist high. I mean, you're talking um, three feet high, maybe a little bit higher. It's a crate. It's yeah. like getting into a, a box. Yeah, they're very, very low. They're very, very small cars they're, they're they're low not very wide they're they're also low and narrow mm -hmm. which is kind of a strange design a lot of them have two wheels in the front one in the back yeah um single wheel drive you know that rear wheel mm -hmm. and a lot of times they're chain driven or something like that you know they're very very simple um suspension systems are very basic as well um and if yeah, they just oh go ahead oh yeah i'm sorry i don't know if we mentioned one thing that's interesting about the uh, former airplane manufacturers doing this, yeah. uh, they also inherited the cockpit design there, right? So there are two-seater microcars and bubble cars, but if you have your buddy with you uh, in your micro bubble car, he or she is going to be sitting behind you. Yeah, right? for, the, for the most part, that's true, yeah. Most of them, if it's a two-seater, it's kind of a driver sits in front, passenger sits in, in behind you, uh, facing the same direction. Uh, there are a couple where it's side by side seating, but mm -hmm. very very few. Well, what what are the what are the modern ones like? Do they carry on this design? Uh, no, not really. They they're small. They're very small. And if you if you ever seen a smart car, then you you've got the idea of what a modern microcar looks like because um, there's also the the Nano that we've talked about. Oh yes, um, the Indian car that's on its way right now. The cheapest car in America or cheapest car in the world rather cheapest new car yep. in the world and there's also the Toyota IQ which is on its way that um, that's also another small car that kind of fits this this uh, modern microcar yeah mold I guess what's uh, is it just an economical uh, alternative well to car micro uh, micro car is smaller than a compact car really yeah um, so a compact you know the size of a compact car that's a hatchback you know something right. like that you know the difference between, let's say, a, a Honda Civic, which is a compact car, and a smart car. Smart cars look a lot smaller. They're right. they're a lot more squat, a lot more uh, pushed together. Um, maybe not as short. They may be tall, but mm -hmm. uh, they're definitely not as long. And you know, they may only carry two people and very little luggage, if if any at all. Um, so they they do fit the mold of this this micro car mm -hmm. thing very well. Do you think we're going to see a trend with these? Do you think there's going to be a resurgence? I I personally think there will be because um, we're seeing a lot of you know really small compact cars. Um, I don't see why we wouldn't see a lot of micro cars coming down the way. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing, especially in the in the cities. Again, you know, this is not this is maybe not the best idea for uh, someone who lives out in um, a really rural area, mm -hmm. right? Um, especially if you have any kind of livestock that could just push you over. <laughs> I'm sorry I keep going back to it, but that's, it's crazy. That's funny. Now, the the um, the thing is, like, maybe maybe that is a decent environment because, you know, you, well, of course you probably need a truck where you're hauling hay and right. things like that. But um, I don't know. I, I would be happy to drive one of those without a lot of traffic around, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. That's good However, um, it seems to work well in a city. That's what's odd about these things is that it's it's tough to figure out who could make use of them right now. Because if there aren't a lot of them on the road or none of them on the road, yeah, you're going to really stand out and you're going to be the one at risk when you know that that uh, pickup truck or that SUV mm -hmm. comes around the corner and they just don't see you. And oh, that's, that's a that's, good point. That's possible. So there could be safety there. Yeah. Well, let's let's go to 
the collector spectrum, the mm -hmm. microcar enthusiast, let's say I want to get a microcar, but I don't want to get a smart car or an IQ. I want, you know, the original Peel Trident or the, uh, what's the other Peel one? The 50? Uh, the Peel P50, which is, you know about this one, right? Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. that one's tiny. Do so. you, know, you know what makes that one special? The Peel P50? No. The smallest production car ever. And if you haven't seen it, take a look at it online. It's called the right. Peel P50, and there's some pretty funny videos of uh, people driving this thing, but it's tiny. Yeah. Single-seater. Um, it's it's literally small enough to pick up and carry into the building with you, and you you uh, you steer the vehicle with I think you do steer it with a, a some sort of steering wheel, but yeah. the speed is controlled by a knob to your right. That's one version, yeah. There's, there's one version. That's an electric version that you're talking about, yeah. Uh -huh. And I believe Ripley's has a video with with that particular type of setup. Yeah. Uh, there's also a gas version, um, but either way, crazy small cars. I mean, no reverse. Single seater, like I said, and uh, yeah. you got to fold yourself in half to get in. That's you know that's crazy. I neither of us are especially you know incredibly tall people, but I think we would have an interesting time trying to get in there. So let's let's say I'm a collector and I don't want a new type of I don't want a modern micro car. I want one of the older ones. What do I do? Well, just like any other collector car, um, you could find them either. Word of mouth, you know, if you know somebody that uh, that owns one of these or know somebody that's interested in these cars, they they probably know of a few that are for sale. Mm -hmm. uh, you could go to eBay, which is another place, you know, good for something like this, and you're, you know, hit or miss there, of course. Um, there are also reproductions of these cars. Really? Yeah, which is pretty interesting, really, because you can buy a kit car version of these, and we've talked about kit cars in the past, too, and I love yes. kit cars, by yeah. the way. Kit car versions are powered with modern engines. So that's really cool that you could have, um, you know, what looks like a 1960 Messerschmitt right. that's powered by a new Honda engine. Um, so you've got this reliability with, you know, the 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 look that you want and the yeah. and the feel that you want and the the, the surrounding vehicle that you want. But um, again, you, you're pretty confident that you know you're going to be able to make it around the block. Right, as long as that semi sees you. Yeah, that's right. It still <laughs> has the danger aspect of, of you uh -huh. know being a very small small car yeah and um then there's also this, this other angle that if you if you want if you want a car you could contact um you know not only hobbyists but groups that are enthusiasts about these types of vehicles so there's um there's a company or not a company an organization called the micro car organization and it's mm -hmm. microcar.org you can find them online yeah. um there's also another one that is the um and this is probably the most interesting we should talk about this just for a few minutes and then we can we can be done sure, but yeah um the Microcar Museum. Are you talking about the Microcar Museum in Madison, Georgia? I am, Ben. Oh man! How did you know? Yeah, because you told me earlier. It's a, <laughs> that's that's okay. It's the it's the only one in the. It's actually, I shouldn't say it's the only one. It's the it's the largest microcar collection in the world, and it's right here in Georgia. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Yeah, it's in Madison, Georgia, and the guy has over. His name is Bruce Weiner. And he has over 300 microcars on display. And I tell you, I've shown you photos of this yeah, thing. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They're, they're beautiful, beautiful cars. Most of, most of them are restored and perfect. There are a few that are a little rough here and there. But those are you know, recent you know, acquisitions on his part. He's, he's just found them or you know, they're, they're ready to be re repaired or uh, restored. Uh -huh. But um, he's got a very impressive collection. Again, that's, it's the Microcar Museum 
and you can find it at microcarmuseum.com. And there is a virtual tour that you can take on that site. And I, I highly recommend this because you won't believe what you see. They look like toys. They, they absolutely <laughs> look like toys. And the way they're displayed, the way they, they just look like um, pedal cars. And if you ever had a pedal car when you were a kid, I had a pedal car when I was a kid. And it, this looks like tiny little pedal cars. And, but they're real functioning cars that were uh, licensed for use at some point or another on main roads. On streets. That's yeah. so... It's so weird. The the virtual tour is worth you yeah. know, a few minutes just to check it out. Worth and, your time. And I mentioned to you that there's a, there's a section called, I think it's called Cars on the Rack. Yes. And these are unfinished cars. These are unrestored cars that are, that are displayed on shelves almost like um, the way you would star, store car parts in your garage. Um, okay. Shelving units. Yeah. And they're stacked. So you might see three or four cars high. And they look like even even more like toys than than the other ones because of the way they're displayed like that. Uh, but some of these are you know in pretty rough shape. But they just for some reason on the on those racks they look really cool. Man, I I think we should go check it out. Uh, I I would love to see it, and it probably takes them out to shows. Yeah, right? he does. He he brings them to auto shows. He brings you know big collections to auto shows and uh-huh. uh, shows them around. And what's interesting about the guy now he's got over three hundred cars. He just started collecting. I think he got his first vehicle in 1991. Wow, that's rapid expansion. That is, yeah. I mean, he's really built it up from uh, from nothing. So it's it's interesting. Take a look at it. I would recommend it. Well, aside from uh, Mr. Weiner, uh, what kind of drivers are these cars best for? I guess he qualifies mm-hmm. as a curator since he's got the museum. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and he's got um, you know huge selection. You know that that's right. that's pretty uncommon. Yeah. Um, well, you know. Let me tell you this one, one more thing. Yes. Guess who else had one that you um, may not know? Who else? Just, uh, celebrity. Go ahead. Uh, celebrity? Yeah, wild anyone. guest? Just living wild. or dead? Dead. Um, Elvis. Presley. I, I, why, why did I pause like I was going to say I, I can't. That, Elvis that's, O'Malley? That's, that's right. That's right? That's right. Oh, my God. Okay. To the listeners, <laughs> look, we, we talk sometimes about subjects we're going to bring up, but I really did just guess that one. Oh, my God. I can't believe he, he blew the secret. But anyways, you know, you usually think of – I was shocked by this because you – I can't believe you guessed that still. Anyways, Graceland, man. I'm glad you did. But it, usually you think of Elvis and Cadillacs, right? Yes, yeah. Complete opposite of microcars. Elvis had a Messerschmitt. And apparently you – know, now on this microcar museum website, there's a video of the guy that – Elvis gave his Messerschmitt too. You know how you used to give away yeah. cars? He used to give away Cadillacs to everybody, to right? that cleaning lady famously. Yeah, several people. He gave yeah. away a lot of Cadillacs. Um, he gave this, this guy, and I think he's a tailor, um, he gave him his Messerschmitt. And uh, the guy apparently is holding on to it, or at least he was at the time the video was made. It looks like yeah. maybe a little older video, but uh-huh. um, interesting. There's some film clips of, of Elvis in his Messerschmitt, <laughs> and it's really cool. So check out the video section as well. But um, I thought you'd be surprised by that, but maybe, I, I maybe not. I am surprised. I thought it was a shot in the dark. Uh, I thought I you were going to be like John F. Kennedy no. or something. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe he did it. Maybe he did. You never know. <laughs> well, okay, so... Okay, back to your question. Yeah. Sorry, I got way off track. No, there, that's but, awesome. Um, so, aside from Elvis, yeah, <laughs> and uh, the curator of the Microcars Museum, who who is this the ideal vehicle okay. for? Well, in the past, of course, a lot of Europeans had these. Some Americans had them. Um, right now, I would say the only people that have them are collectors and hobbyists. Uh, okay. They're not really meant for daily transportation. Not. Uh-huh. Uh, not very practical and i guess that's my answer then is that they're not very practical for everyday use so um, far so far i mean um 
no, I'm not talking about the smart car on the the Toyota IQ and the Nano. Okay. I'm talking about these older mm-hmm. micro cars. Okay. Now the smart car, of course, you can drive that anywhere. It doesn't. You can take a long road trip in that if you want. Um, <laughs> but I, I think right now, about the only people who drive in the original micro cars on the road are collectors and hobbyists, um, and that's probably a good thing. You know, they take them to shows here and there. Mm-hmm. They may drive them to and from the shows, but uh, they're really not meant for highway use or you know more than. The occasional trip to work if you're feeling dang, you know, daring that day. <laughs> if you've got a bit of daring. Yeah, and I, I probably would do it. If I had one, I, you know, to answer your next question, which I know you have, uh, yeah. I would definitely drive a microcar. And, yeah, I probably would occasionally drive it to and from work. I, I could see you doing it, man. How, and, how about you? Um, I would never drive it to work, but I would definitely love to uh, putter around the neighborhood. Um, I think that could be a lot of fun, especially on a nice afternoon. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I, uh, I got to tell you, driving one of those to work seems to me more dangerous than, than driving around a NASCAR track. Hmm. Understood. But uh, still, great fun. I don't think I could, uh, I don't think I could keep myself chance. away from it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I had one in my garage, I would have to take it to work just now and then. Oh, wow. Uh, I would try to miss rush hour, you know, by uh-huh. a couple hours either way. Yeah. Uh, whatever that took, you know, coming to work at 4 a.m. or something. But, um yeah, I think, I think I'd have to. All right. Well, you know, I think we are going to have to agree to disagree on that one. But I tell you what, if you if you made it to work, I would totally ask you if I could drive around the parking lot a little. <laughs> I know you would. <laughs> well, to our listeners out there, guys, thanks for uh, tuning in with us. We uh, hope you enjoyed a little segment about microcars and bubble cars. Uh, if you want to learn more, uh, please visit the website. And if you have any suggestions for a future idea you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly. How much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.